0: Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe.
1: Hey, Jonathan, how's it going?
0: Got to admit, Amy, it's uh, been a bit of a downer week here at the Howe House.
1: Yeah, tell us about that. I, I know y'all have been through quite a bit.
0: Yeah, uh, best grandfather passed away this past weekend, so we had to go to Tupelo for the funeral and. It's never easy to lose a loved one, and uh, her, her grandfather was a special man. So it was a, it was a, a good ceremony, but you know, just a, a sad time. But at yeah. the same time, you know, ninety seven years old,
1: ninety seven—that's uh, incredible.
0: Yeah, lived lived a great life, long life. Uh, fought in World War II. Wow, and, uh, was in the army in World War II, and also, uh, so I tweeted out a picture of this the other day, and uh, I'll you know, have to find it on the, my Twitter account, but. Uh, there were two things next to his casket at the ceremony. His flag from being in the armed service. Right. As well as his Sunday school pin. And a little explanation about this. Mr. Sam, Sam Atkins was his name. Mr. Sam missed no Sundays from 1952 to 2015. 63 straight years of perfect attendance in Sunday school, uh, for Mr. Sam. John, is, that's incredible. It's, it's stunning. I mean, just to think about that, just to, I mean, not just being at church, being in Sunday school every week for 63 straight years. And the only reason that he missed the first one, my wife's right. father was born on a Sunday. Okay. So mom went into labor, they went to church, he missed Sunday school. Or, I'm sorry, went to the hospital, he missed Sunday school. Okay. The only reason that he missed it 63 years later, he had a stroke on Saturday and was in the hospital. Wow. So that was uh back in you know two thousand fifteen, so he recovered from the stroke he he bought he battled and overcame cancer as well in the last ten years um but it just uh had another stroke here recently and uh passed away this past weekend so mr wow. Sam great man sad to lose him, but um he is with his savior and uh it just just a great great man.
1: Well, Jonathan, I'm I'm really sorry for Beth and and your family because because I know that's really hard. But what a uh, what a thing to celebrate! We I was at a funeral this week um, earlier as well for uh, Ernie Baker, who uh, a man from the area, but um, father of one of my dearest friends, uh, Tara Dew, and. Also, just a great friend to Southeastern, and he passed away after a long battle with cancer. And my goodness, the honor that was given at that funeral—it uh, was really beautiful. There were videos from grandchildren, and uh, the children all spoke. It—it—it was—it was really incredible. Uh, but uh, but kind of a sad, same thing where you knew he's with his Savior. Um, but just, just everyone missing him a lot. So yeah, a lot, a lot of tough stuff this week. Um, I, now I have a question about the Sunday School pin. Yeah. Because this is something that, it, as every now and then I mention, my my background is not Southern Baptist, so these yeah. are some things that I'm not as aware of. It, Sunday School pins all the way to tw- 2015. So is this something that, like, does Lifeway still make these? Where do they I don't come know. from?
0: I guess they came from Lifeway. I don't know if we still do them or not. I, I had never heard of it until Beth told me about it. So I don't know if it's one of those things where you've got to make it, you know, five years and then you get a pen and then they start adding on more years or something like that. I don't know if you And get maybe like one they after had the like a big year.
1: bucket full of pens for
0: maybe, or they did three years, but there's like a couple of different kinds on it. So it looks like they changed over the years, but it was like a, a little latch on to each, each. Different one, it kind of connected kind of like a train does, you know, just connected one to another, almost like Legos or whatever. But, um, yeah, I I don't know how that worked. So uh, honestly, I mean, that was foreign to me, even growing up Southern Baptist. I didn't know anything about the Sunday school pens or things like that. So I, I probably should have found that out. Probably should have done some research at the office on that, but I'm sure Luke Holmes or one of our listeners can give us a quick history on the history of. Sunday school pens, maybe Allison Young, somebody like that. So
1: Yeah, so whoever can give us that, that would be great.
0: Yes. So yeah, if you know the history of the Sunday school pen, send it on. So maybe Patrick Watts. He he seems to know all things life way, so we'll see. But hey, graduation though this weekend at your place and others as well. And yes. Uh, so, you know, seminaries big time this year, especially up in Louisville, Kentucky, where the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary is committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs by visiting sbts.edu. So, looking forward to some graduation pictures from Southern Seminary. I think their graduation maybe next weekend because I haven't haven't seen much from Southern. I don't know if it's this weekend or next.
1: Yeah, I don't. I'm not, I'm I'm really not sure. I mean, our, I know when ours is, I I can't track yeah. all the other. Well, Midwestern's was last week. Yes.
0: And I don't, I don't know when anybody else's is. So
1: yeah. Southwestern is this week as well. I okay. believe I okay. saw that. I think I saw that on Twitter. So all
0: right. it's all okay. kind
1: of, it, it's graduation season. And so it is a really exciting time. Yeah. I enjoy the May graduations more than December because it just has that spring feeling in the yes. air. So really nice.
0: Yes. And you get the good outdoor pictures and everything like that. and Right. Yeah. So, okay. Well, very cool. Well, let's jump into the news this week. Got some news from Louisiana. Uh, some news that I, I think we kind of expected. Steve Horn has been unanimously elected to lead the Louisiana Baptist. Uh, Horn comes to the Louisiana Baptist Convention from First Baptist Lafayette.
1: Yes. So, uh, Steve Horn, he will succeed David Hankins, who is retiring June 30th. He's a, a pastor that's well-known. He's been president of the Louisiana Baptist Convention uh, in, the, in recent years. He is a trustee at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. He's served on the SBC Committee on Order of Business and the Committee on Committees. Uh, has been involved at the state and national level for many, many years. So uh, not an unfamiliar name uh, at all, but a unanimous election.
0: Yes, so congratulations to Steve Horn on that. Looking forward to maybe getting a chance to meet him here in uh, just a few short weeks, Amy. Can you believe we're only like three or four weeks away? It's Actually, un- four or it's five. It's really weeks away. stunning. Yes. Yes. So the annual meeting will be here before we know it, and we have some annual meeting news, Amy. John Yates will be re-nominated as the SBC Recording Secretary for a possible twenty-third term, twenty-three years.
1: That's got. Have we have we already tracked? That's a record, isn't it? I don't know. We should look into this.
0: Okay. Yes. Have Allison dig into that.
1: I maybe or, Allison, or
0: we can dig into that. Yeah. I guess.
1: Yeah. We we can't just have Allison dig into that if she wants to dig into it and tells us or someone else look around or we can go digging and researching. Um. But I have to wonder twenty three years if that's con- uh, consecutive, in particular. You know yes. that that's quite. Uh, quite a long time of service. So when you think about that, twenty-three years. That means that most people that come to the SBC, especially because we've had so many new messengers, uh, so many people in the last five to ten years who are there as first-time messengers, there are going to be very few people at the SBC who have ever seen a recording secretary. Other, you know, that that's someone other than John Yates. So he's a real fixture in the meeting and, you know, has his his system. He will be back in Birmingham doing that, but he will be nominated for another term.
0: Yep. So we're still waiting some other nomination announcements. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I think the only two we have right now are uh, J.D. Greer and John Yates, right?
1: And John Yates, that's correct. And always good to keep in mind that, the announcements we're we're waiting for them because we just come to expect them they are not required this isn't like committee announcements where they have to be announced 45 days or 75 days out things like that is someone can be nominated they can walk up on the stage right you know five minutes before yeah To nominate an individual, and we have no idea. When we had several nominations for registration secretary a few years ago, I turned around where I was sitting and saw five or six people in chairs, and I did not know even who they were going to be nominating. So we may not get announcements Mm -hmm. on all of these offices.
0: And just because we get an announcement here doesn't mean the nomination will happen because nominations really aren't open until... They say they are, you know, during the meeting. So that's right. We will keep an eye out for any more nominations uh, that may be coming because we got the vice presidencies. We have the registration secretary. We have the pastors conference stuff going on too. So just a a lot out there yet to be uh, announced. So we'll just wait and see. All right. We have a staff addition to the executive committee, Amy Ed Upton has been named the assistant to the president of the SBC executive committee.
1: Ed Upton has been president of the Cross Church School of Ministry in Northwest Arkansas and uh, also has served as a campus pastor for Cross Church uh, at their one of their campuses in Missouri. And so he will be working now at the executive committee to just help with implementing, advancing, you know, vision, culture, things like that. And, uh, so he has served really well at the local church level, it seems. And now he's going to go bring those services to the executive committee.
0: Yeah, got a background in uh, both the secular world and the church world. He worked at Prestonwood for a while, was also in the information systems division for Walmart. Uh, right. up there in Bentonville, and has degrees from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary located in Louisville, Kentucky, and then an undergraduate degree from Freedom Bible College up in Rogers, Arkansas. So congratulations to him on his move to the executive committee. I've I heard about Ed. I've never had a chance to meet Ed, so I will have to fix that next month.
1: I think I have uh, met him when maybe when when Dr. Floyd he came, he spoke to our Southeastern students that were at the SBC a couple of years ago for the SBC class and I believe that Dr. Upton was with Dr. Floyd in that class session. But that that may be maybe it. So look forward to meeting him in a few weeks.
0: All right. We got a trustee release from Gateway Seminary where they have a 6% increase in their spring enrollment year over year. This is an interesting fact, Amy. Our, their average student is now about 36 years old. So uh, an older crowd at Gateway. And uh, in mentioning the, uh, the more financial pressure than ever before. I think a lot of seminaries and as well as higher education institutions are finding that uh, student debt and financial pressures are increasing, especially probably out there on the West Coast. Yeah, I was going to say uh, California
1: is probably tough.
0: Yeah, and then they also approved an $11.75 million budget and hired David Rathel as the Associate Professor of Theology and promoted John Schaus to Senior Professor of Christian Theology uh, upon his retirement after 33 years of service at Gateway.
1: They also elected new officers, Keith Goking of Missouri as the chairman, Robert White of Georgia as vice chairman, and Gail Fee of Nevada as secretary. I knew Gail at Southern Seminary several years ago, so uh, she is a, a wonderful person, and I'm sure will serve very well in that role. There was also sort of a special honor where Ann Orge was honored for Her 15 years of service to the seminary by a children's park that was named after her at the student housing complex near the Ontario campus. And uh, so it will have a a bronze statue there of a mother reading to a child. It's called the Ann Orge Children's Park. And I know that uh, children's ministry is is, uh, sort of the thing that is really dear to her heart. And uh, Ann Orge is really known for that calling and passion. And so that's a very fitting tribute.
0: I approve of that.
1: Yes, I bet you do.
0: Being married to a children's minister, I approve of that wholeheartedly. So congratulations to everyone out at Gateway. All right, Amy, some other sad news. We talked to a couple of funerals that you and I have been to this week. But Warren Weersby passed away uh, last week at 89 years old, A kind of a, a giant uh, of publishing and writing in the Southern Baptist Convention, his B series. More yes. Than fif- more than 50 books in that thing. I yeah. didn't realize. That. I knew there were a lot of them. I didn't realize there were more than 50. That's a lot of books.
1: Right. It's a
0: lot. So uh, uh, now are you familiar with his work? I, I got to honestly say I may have read one or two Warren Wiersbe books over the year. Right. It was kind of before I got into reading theological books and I, I kind of missed out. I, I sure. need to go back and... And catch up on this. I feel well, like I missed I, something.
1: Right. I've read some, but obviously, I mean, he's written more than 150. I, I haven't even touched on that. And I, I did some, I was doing some research a couple of years ago for a project. And it kind of was digging into some of his work there as well. I think some of the things he's written on uh, Sabbath, uh, on, well, I don't want to get into that. Um, but it was digging into some of his work for that project which makes me want to go and pull that back but I there was a there was one thing I was involved in a few years ago that we were hoping to actually get to have him bring him in but it did not work out so that that was kind of sad when he passed away and I thought never really got the chance to be in the room where he was and, and hear him but some really lovely reflections on him. The story we have has quotes from Jerry Vines, Ed Stetzer, and uh, just really, really beautiful reflections.
0: Yes. Yeah, so our thoughts and prayers out to the Wearsby family and, and all the friends uh, of Dr. Wearsby. I know I know he, he was quite well known in the SPC. So I, I know a lot of people were reflecting on his passing over the past week. So I saw a lot on online and on social media for that. So, Amy, we move over to the WMU where they are celebrating 50 years of Teens. Now, you, do you know what Acteens are? I know you didn't grow up Southern Baptist, so just going to ask the question.
1: I know what Acteens are. I was, obviously, I didn't get the opportunity to participate in Acteens, but I am aware of it.
0: Okay. All right. So it's 7th to 12th grade girls. So it's like GAs or 1st to 6th grade, and then you would graduate up to Acteens. So that's the Act Teens. They are celebrating 50 years of that, and they're going to have some stuff going on at the SBC Annual Meeting.
1: That's pretty cool. Uh, now, I know we have probably it, it would be cool to have some listeners reflect on their participation in Act Teens to to just get. I don't know if you got pictures, anything like that to share. I'd love to. I'd love to see that.
0: Well, remember our Halloween contest winner. Was yes. Allison Young? Yes. Dressed up as a, I think, was a, a coronation queen for Acteens. Yes,
1: oh, that was for Actines. Okay, then she wins. Yeah. she she has the Acteen's street cred.
0: Yes, <laughs> Acteen street cred. I don't think those two words have ever been mentioned together, but yeah. So uh, yeah, so if you are an Acteen or your wife was an Acteen, send us pictures. We'd love to see some pictures of them reflecting on. Uh, being in acting. So kind of neat thing. And uh, if you were in acting, check out the 50th anniversary celebration that's going on at the WMU headquarters just prior to the Southern Baptist convention. So they're, they're having a big thing on that Sunday and Monday down there in Birmingham at the headquarters on missionary Ridge where I used to work, Amy. Very cool. All right. So that's going to do it for the news this week, Amy, that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history, Amy, blow our minds.
1: We're going to go to 1968. And I want to be really careful as I introduce this because I have a great appreciation for singles ministry. I participated in singles ministry when I was in college and and just out of college. I have um, loved to be around, you know, work with with, uh, singles, and I think there are some great things. But there was a Baptist Press story about a new singles ministry in Dallas, And what I think is interesting is it just shows sort of the way that we talked about things in the late 60s, just even the way we talked about social life in the late 60s. So it starts out with, a new fellowship with a beat all its own is attracting Christian single adults by the droves here, but its members vow it is more than a Cupid club.
0: Oh, my heavens.
1: Yeah. So it it says that, It says, the life expectancy of the new fellowship, that was what it was called, is enhanced because Christian single adults still want to meet other single adults in a Christian atmosphere. And one of its creators, the only married man associated with the group, sums it up this way, if boys and girls were not interested in each other, then we would have a zoo instead of a new fellowship.
0: Wow. I don't even know where to take that one.
1: I don't either. I actually don't understand that quote, but. Anyway, so it, but it was actually working to meet people. So it said it's, it seeks to meet the needs of our modern apartment dwelling generation through contemporary approaches to specific needs of the single adult. It wasn't to take away from the church, but rather to supplement it. It said the church is people, not institutions, and people are our primary concerns. And so what they were doing was really going out and Trying to connect with people. And I'm going to guess this, uh, I, the late 60s, that's a point when, as they said, as they just described it, the new sort of apartment dwelling generation, I guess that was a time when more apartment buildings were going up and there were probably more single adults. So they were going out. Into communities and starting things where people would want to meet each other, but then it could actually be an extension of the church. Now the quotes still kind of tickle me. They said one of the group's first happenings, which attracted 225 single adults, was held in the Fiesta Room of the Baker Hotel, um, and so they, you know, got got a, yeah. a spot. And they said the room was really jammed; it was a stand-up affair. And uh, one, another person said it was a blast, but then another person said that uh, she'd been there for three weeks and had wondered where to go in a strange city to reach other Christian young people, and she found it through the New Fellowship. It said the members describe the New Fellowship as a cosmopolitan group. Its ranks are filled with teachers, computer operators, and cab drivers, jet airplane pilots to secretaries, and stockbrokers to laundrymen. They started out with entertainment, five-piece folk singing group, but then they added table games, conversation areas, they've had informal events, formal events, and then they started doing some uh, ministry projects as well, ski retreats, all kinds of things. So it was kind of this ballooning of this singles ministry. They said, it's life expectancy no one really knows, but as one spokesman said, if it continues to go, then it'll live. If not, it'll die. The main thing right now is that it's reaching single adults. So, uh, you know, it makes me think because there's a great single adult ministry at Brentwood Baptist there in Nashville. Yeah, right. Kyrus. I think like a book. Yeah. Kairos, a book's been written about it. So this was something that was happening in the late 60s. Uh, I, it's really funny to, to read some of these quotes. They kind of tickled me, but it does seem like they were really reaching folks in Dallas with the new fellowship. And it was all being celebrated this week in SBC history.
0: This is the 1968 version of Christian Mingle, Amy.
1: Well, yes, but it was more than a Cupid Club.
0: Oh, that's true. It is more than a Cupid Club. Well, well played. Well, you just Thank put you. me in my place right there, didn't you? I did. Well yes. done. All righty. All right. So that's fascinating. I had, I had no idea. And it was actually sponsored out of the local Baptist Association. So yes. James, Gordon James, he was director of the social ministries for the Dallas Baptist Association. So wow. Yes. Fascinating. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to our resource of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is?
1: Mine is Relevant Reach. So this is a new, uh, it's a new service that has been, it's a product, right? Service, right? I'm not sure. Uh, This is a new service that has been started specifically to help with social media for your ministry. So this is something that's being done by a great friend of mine, Megan Lively. She's uh, fixing to, to graduate from Southeastern Seminary Okay, this I week. was
0: wondering. I had heard the name, and I'm like, where did I hear this name from? And it's from her.
1: Right. So she is a a very experienced social media expert, has been doing social media marketing for small businesses in her community for quite some time. So she has a a good bit of expertise, but Relevant Reach is now sort of branching out into how to help churches uh, with social media. So I'm going to explain. It basically is, it's a membership. So you can do this as a monthly membership or an annual membership and she has all of these tutorials in there um, how to set up facebook how to set up instagram how to set up twitter she has video trainings she has a content calendar in there that she is always populating giving ideas for how to connect with your community, um, you know that it's here. Here's here are some sample posts on Mother's Day. Use script, you know, scripture ideas, ways to encourage. Here's a another day, you know, graduation ideas for how to connect with people. She also has a social media. She also has stock photos in there that are sized for Instagram, things like that, that people can use. And she just will continue to add to that. So this is essentially designed for small to medium churches who maybe don't have a lot of experience using social media as an organization to have all the resources to be able to do it and to continue to do it because she'll populate it with all the information that you need. So it's a really cool thing. I've been playing around inside it and learning more about how it works. And that is relevant reach.
0: All right. Very cool. All right. Well, mine is a new YouTube channel.
1: I heard about this.
0: I saw a bunch of tweets about this when it launched. And now I'm seeing the videos. So the the ERLC launched a video channel with Dr. Moore. You can go check out the videos on YouTube. So they got everything from gaming to uh, different ethical questions, and I think you can even submit questions, and they'll they'll answer the questions, you know, possibly down the road. So, YouTube.com/slash Doctor Moore.
1: Yeah, I need to watch this one that he does with his son Samuel on Fortnite, because Fortnite was really big in our house. Madden Football seems to be the bigger game in our house right now, but Fortnite was really really big for a while, and I'm sure we'll will come back. So, that's yeah. that's pretty cool. I saw a lot about that this week too.
0: There's one on the Enneagram.
1: I've had a really hard time wanting to invest in learning about the Enneagram because I have to, I have taken tests to learn, you know where I fit on it. But it just seems like it. I, I have to set aside some time to understand mm-hmm. this thing.
0: I haven't done that yet. I've taken the test. I know what my Enneagram number is. What is yours?
1: I think I think it's a nine, maybe. I'm an. I don't eight. remember. Or maybe it's a one. I can't remember.
0: There are people yelling at the yelling at their speakers right now. I know. Because you don't I, always know your Enneagram. Ha-
1: I always have to go back because I had a I was in a Twitter conversation, and I like left the conversation and went to take the test, and then came back and told everyone in this thread what I was. And honestly, when I can't remember, I actually have to go back and find that. that That's the only way I can remember.
0: Okay, well. So, right. I don't know what it is. Oh, well, wait,
1: wait. I think maybe I found it.
0: Well, you need to look that up, Amy, and try to find that and so we, we can know what your Enneagram number is. Oh, you found it.
1: I am a one wing nine. It says you are most likely a type one or three, taking wings into account. You seem to be a one wing nine. Well, there you go. And I don't remember what that means. So, maybe I should watch this video.
0: I'm an eight wing seven. So, yeah.
1: Okay. Maybe I should watch this video.
0: Maybe you should watch that video. Yeah. So, check that out on the YouTube channel from Dr. Moore. So, uh, be fascinated to see what the future conversations and topics are. Looking forward to that. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. All right. So, some quick housekeeping notes. We are going to drop our big SBC preview episode in about two weeks, right before uh, Memorial Day. So you'll have a couple of weeks to digest that and get things ready for the annual meeting. Uh, housing is still available. I think you've got a, a little window left on that to get your room. There are some rooms available. Uh, also registration, pre-registration for messenger still open as well as child care. Child care should be close to being filled up. So you got to get in on that quickly. I had a conversation, a quick conversation with the executive committee, uh, a couple of people there today and we should have shuttle information as well soon, you know, like in the next week or so. So they're trying to still button down a few of those things, some route logistics and all that. So that'll be coming. So keep an eye out for shuttle information as well. And yes. then, and, you know,
1: and go ahead and, and go ahead and get that Uber app on your phone too, just yep. in case you miss the shuttle or the shuttle is full. Make sure you've got your, yeah. or you uh, just need to be your... there at
0: a different time whenever they're open. Right. So.
1: right. Just make sure you're, you're prepared for that.
0: Yes, so be ready, and uh, we will see you in Birmingham. If you need any other information, spcadvance.com or spcannualmeeting.net. Either one of those, you can get all the information that you need for the annual meeting. And then also, one last thing, the CP stage, Amy. Yes. We're close to finally announcing all the CP stage interviews, things like that. There's going to be some great interviews this year on the CP stage. There always is. Uh, but you and I are again involved in hosting some of those discussions. So I know folks, if you, if you listen to the show and you want to, you know, come and say hey to me and Amy or whatever, we'll probably be around the CP stage, especially on Monday. Amy's got, she's got to be a big worker on Tuesday and Wednesday. You know, it's Mr. Miss Important over there and her parliamentarian duties, but, uh, <laughs> we'll be at the CP stage. On I got Monday. nothing. I yeah, got nothing.
1: We'll,
0: we'll both be at the CP stage on Monday at some point. And then on Tuesday, I think I've got one as well. So, um, we'll have the full schedule of that soon. So those are still being finalized as well. So we we'll, we should have all that by the time we re- release our big SBC preview episode in just a couple of weeks. All right. Thanks again to Southern Seminary for sponsoring that. We got to find out what they're doing at their booth this year. So anything special going on at the southeastern booth, Amy?
1: Uh we're just we're getting things ready now. Our giveaways are starting to come in, making a few final decisions on some materials, uh, but we are uh, but we we are looking forward to being there. We we uh, debuted a new booth last year, so that that uh, will be. Uh, and we debuted a new booth last year. It won a BCA award for a special display, so we'll we'll have that same booth. But the maybe the award some winning new... booth
0: from Southeast. Yes,
1: yes. But we uh, we may just have some new. Uh, but but we'll have some new giveaways and new activities.
0: So. Very cool. And don't forget, this is an award winning podcast too, Amy.
1: Oh, you don't let anyone forget that.
0: So. I do not. I do not. Right. And you 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 have an award winning magazine at Southeastern, and I have an award winning website that I help run at Lifeway. Yes. So. Are
1: you are you just gonna start using award winning as kind of the adjective? I mean, you could just give things an award. I'm gonna award this and then you call it award winning whatever yes. it is.
0: Yeah, Dr. Rayner used to do that at Southern. He's told me stories about that.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: Make up awards. Yes. Yes. That's fun times. But yeah. So yeah. The award-winning hosts of the award-winning podcast SBC this week. That's what we are.
1: I'm going to just let you stand alone on that.
0: And we'll see you next week.
1: See you next week.